tools are simply tools. A hammer does not work without your cooperation. It doesn't hammer yeah. nails for you on your behalf. You actually have to pick it up and hammer nails in. Same thing with our software. So that's why I love what you guys do, because I know that you have personally spent your time and energy and expertise figuring this stuff out for us and on our behalf. And you're constantly testing these things to see what works and what doesn't work. And being flexible with your PPC campaigns are really important. What works today isn't necessarily going to work 30 days from now. So we have to pay attention to our own PPC, our campaigns, because they will drain your account faster than anything else if you've got the wrong filters, the wrong rules, the wrong things set up. Welcome to the Amazon Files podcast, brought to you by Mommy Income, where we help others start and scale businesses on Amazon by taking small, consistent steps. Here is your host, Kristen Ostrander, a 17-year e-commerce veteran who knows a thing or two about building a seven-figure Amazon empire from the comfort of her own home. Surrounded by three energetic kids and a hunky husband, she still has an insatiable desire to see others succeed. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Amazon Files brought to you by Mommy Income. I am your host, Kristen Ostrander, and today's guest is off the chain. We are so excited to be talking to Mina and talking about Amazon PPC strategies. You guys know we need all the help that we can get. And he has said that his goal is to empower us to take back control and dominate our ads. So I am all in on this. Mina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited. We were talking about your, you know, what you're doing and your plan. And it's super, like, I think it's genius. I think it's amazing. I'm looking forward to sharing PPC strategies that can help you guys and anyone who's launching products on Amazon, whether it's private label or wholesale bundling. I take a very data-driven approach. And so it, you know, it's it's just very logical and it's fundamental concepts you can follow no matter what you're doing. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your background or introduce us, because I know you've had quite an interesting career experience. So take us from the beginning all the way to like, how did you get to be such an expert at Amazon PPC? Got it. So I, very normal beginning, came to America in 2011. I grew up in uh, Dubai. I was born in Egypt. I was a chemical engineer. I I studied engineering, graduated top of my class, got my bachelor's and my master's, got a corporate job, nine to five, new product development for a medical devices company, just kind of the, the regular thing. And, you know, I kept working and I think five years into corporate nine to five, after changing jobs a few times, I realized that this wasn't it for me. And so I decided to start a supplement brand. I'm an MMA fighter. I still train. I fought and competed many times. And then I was interested in creating a supplement brand that helps me as an MMA fighter, helps boost my endurance. So I created MMA Nutrition, which is an electrolyte powder. It's still on Amazon. You guys can go check it out. And then I created a, you know, a few other brands after that. But anyways, I started with this one brand, but I had no idea how to do anything as a business person. I just was an amazing engineer, horrible business person, huge passion for supplements. I was mixing supplements at home. So when I created wait the brand... Minute, wait a minute. You were mixing supplements at home. Yeah, Tell us yeah. about this. Like, I see this chemistry lab like coming to life. Were you actually like mixing them? I literally had, I would have this table. We had the living room and then we had like an in-between room that had like a fish tank and, and uh, like a high top table. And so there I would have a food scale. I would have my little like aluminum bowl. I would have like my things like where I would mix everything. And then I would have all of these raw powders that I would bring from Amazon. And I would study and I would have like this formula sheet, which is like, okay, I know I need 3.2 grams of betaine and three grams of beta alanine and two grams of L-arginine and and one gram of creatine HCL. And then I would have them all 
And then I would mix them. And then I would also like add things to give it flavor. And I would have this like super combo pre-workout and, and things like that. So that's literally how I did things all throughout college. And, you know, when I graduated, because I felt like I knew way more about supplements than the people making these supplements. Because I would see these ingredients and it would be like, oh, there's only like 31 milligrams of potassium. I'm like, what does 31 milligrams of potassium do? And on average, you're losing 1,500 a day on average as the normal person, not as a MMA fighter who's sweating like three pounds of water every night. And so I just never understood why they would do that. And I would always cross-reference clinical studies and I would see like, okay, in a study, they supplemented with X amount of this ingredient and you know that's how they got the benefits. So why are... Why is it that people aren't doing that? Later on, I realized it's all marketing, right? You're just putting a bunch of words and you make it sound cool to people and then you market it through influencers, whatever, Amazon, and then you sell the product. So they didn't really have the people's best interest at heart. So for me, I said, I'm going to create something that's better than everyone else as a supplement, an electrolyte powder. I just didn't know how to sell it. I went gym to gym, door to door, supplement stores. People would be like, I'll take one or like, we'll test one out, but no one really wanted to take it. And then I said, like, I don't like this. I don't like going this door-to-door -door salesman type thing and getting so much rejection and something is off. And I still had a full-time job. And so I decided to figure out how to sell it on Amazon. And, and I went super obsessive, deep dive, read every single article, video, YouTube video, podcast, everything. I consumed every single possible piece of content out there in 2018. At the end of the day, I just called Amazon. I'm like, I want to sell my product on Amazon. Like, how do I do it? And they're like, oh, we'll send you a, a starter package, whatever. They sent me an email and I filled out all of these things. And then next thing you know, I had a seller central account. They're like, okay, cool. For you to sell supplements, you need a certificate of analysis and an invoice. So like, I kind of like made those things up and sent it to them. And after four times of being rejected on the fifth time, they approved it. And that's where like the story started. So I started with the supplement brand on Amazon and I'm like, okay, I'm now on Amazon. How do I make this work? And two things helped my sales, reviews and PPC. And so I knew that like there was something with those two. Like the other things, I would change the SEO. I would change the images, whatever. I never really felt that strong of an impact. Of course, now we track everything, click-through rate, conversion rate. It definitely makes an impact. But the thing that makes like the biggest needle mover is reviews and PPC. And so PPC was in charge of bringing people into the listing. And then reviews was in charge of getting those people who are at the listing to convert. And so it makes sense now that I know how things work. But back then I'm like, okay, when I turn these knobs, I see a result. So I started, you know, burning, pretty much burning my own money and tens of thousands of dollars on PPC advertising and then consuming content, talking to people, whatever, learning PPC tips and strategies, whatever, implementing it myself. And because I had that engineering background where I understand like pattern recognition and I'm very systematic and controlled experiments and all these kinds of things, I was able to test one thing at a time and document like the result of these tests. And then finally, I was like, okay, I've tested having five keywords in a campaign and 50 keywords in a campaign. And I know that when you have more than five, like this happens. So I did all of these tests and had like these logs of like all of the tests that I did and the outcome. And that's kind of like how I started learning. It was all on my own brand. And by 2020, we were doing $94,000 a month in revenue with just that one supplement. And so it was going well and COVID hit. And I decided to come on podcasts like these and share what has been working for me. I shared a little bit in the Facebook groups. People loved it. They were like, oh my God, like, tell us more, tell us more of like these things that you've been trying. So when I did the podcast, I did like 50, 60 podcasts in 2020. And then, you know, I pretty much uh, blew up in the industry as like me, not the expert, but I, I wasn't like an expert or anything. I was just a practitioner who's practiced many, many, many times. And 
Then this aggregator hits me up and they said, Hey, like we heard that you're really good at advertising. We want you to train our team. And I said, cool. Like I'm, I'm happy to train your team. And then they said, but we want to test you on one of our brands first. And so they tested me on a brand. And four months later, they said they were testing six other much larger agencies. They all failed. I performed the best. And then I look back, I'm like, man, I might be good at supplements, but like, I am really good at this PPC stuff. And so that's when I decided to start an agency because I figured like people are going to need that PPC help and they're going to pay me. Or if they don't pay me, if I don't exist, they're going to pay someone else. I would be doing a disservice to people if I wasn't offering something that I was not just passionate about, but really, really good at. So that's where I am today. We manage 72 brands on Amazon, also four that are mine. We also have four people on our team have their own brands and we manage their brands as well. So I see a lot of things and I'm constantly like innovating and stuff like that in, in the PPC side. And, you know, I just want to share everything and give people all of my knowledge. And if they want to do it themselves, they can. And if they don't have the time and they need the execution, then that's where I come in. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait to dive into some of these specific strategies that you have. And one of them is like, okay, let's just start with some quick wins. Can you give us three PPC tips that we can all do right now, whether it's agency or not do-it-yourself stuff. Okay, easy. So I'll walk you through how I would audit an account. And this, I think, would be add the most value because as I walk through every single piece, I'll tell you what I would do to, to fix things. So first things first, I look at your portfolios. If you have a parent ASIN, I would separate each parent ASIN into one portfolio. This way, everything is kind of clean and easy and simple to, to separate. And you can see the performance per product. And so, yeah, like if you have a bunch of portfolios, I think this is time to clean it up. Then I would go into campaign nomenclature. Campaign names are very, very important. This is how I would name my campaigns. It's your product code. So for example, my Hydrolyte Unflavored was HU. And then space dash space, which is like my spacing, it will be SP or SB or SD based on sponsor product, brand, or display. And then the type of ad, is it close match, loose match, compliments, or substitutes, broad, phrase, or exact, product targeting, category targeting, whatever it is. And then if there's like a purpose to that campaign, is it a ranking campaign? Is it, you know, whatever, a general campaign and where that keyword came from. So they come from the search term report or Helium 10. This all helps you in terms of like pattern recognition. So you can go and say, okay, let me type in SP and look at all your sponsored products and then type in SB and look at all of your sponsored brand. And then you can notice that did your performance overall improve or worsen as you launch sponsor brands? Because what I've seen is sometimes you launch sponsor brands they show up in the same place as your sponsor products. They end up eating budget. They look good on the, in the campaign manager. But like then when we look at it realistically, you're spending $100 a day. Now you're spending $150. You're making $500 a day in sales. Now you're making $550. Was that good? No, that's not good. But in campaign manager, it looks like one of your sponsor brand campaigns has a 6X ROAS. The other one has a 2X ROAS. And so you get thrown off. And so that separation helps. Then I look at the ROAS of the campaigns. Any campaign with a really good ROAS, I would scale the budget. So some people tell me, Mina, I have a $50 budget and we only spend $35 a day on that campaign. Why should I increase it? What I've seen is that if I have like a campaign with a 4X ROAS, $35 budget or $50 budget and spending 35, if I take that 50 to 500, that campaign starts spending $150. Why does that happen? I'm not entirely sure, but that's what I've seen. And I think it's because when you give it more breathing room, Amazon says, okay, we can afford more clicks. Let's spend more money there. That's the next thing I would look at is campaign budgets. Then I would go into the campaign. The structure that I follow is one campaign should have one ad group and then a maximum of five keywords. You can audit this how. If you go and you look at the multiple ad groups and you have multiple ad groups, you'll notice that the budget is not splitting evenly. 
What I would do in that case is go into the ad group with the least amount of sales, pause anything that is not working. So it's spending money, not making any sales, not spending money, whatever, just to get rid of it. So you don't think that you're actually advertising for that keyword when you're not. And then for the other ad group that there is, go look at the keywords. If you have more than five keywords, sort by sales. And if you notice that five or six of those keywords are generating sales and the rest aren't, and then some of them aren't even getting any spend or whatever. So some people have a hundred keywords, some people have 25, 30, pause everything that is not generating any sales in the last 30 days. You can take those and relaunch them in their own campaigns. And when you do that, you'll notice that maybe in this campaign, it wasn't generating sales because there's a big keyword there that is sucking up all the budget. But when you launch it in its own campaign, it might generate two or three profitable sales. And that adds up because over a hundred keywords, that's 300 profitable sales. Do yeah. you run multiple campaigns on the same product? Can you go into that yes. a little bit about why that's important and why you would do that? Okay. So the goal of my PPC is to drive as many sessions as possible into my listing at the lowest cost possible. So don't look at ROAS, don't look at ACOS. All of these things are one indicator, right? And, and that indicator is like, did you spend money and convert? But conversion rate is a huge portion of that equation. So when I'm looking at how effective is my PPC, I'm looking at how much money I'm spending on PPC and how many sessions I'm getting. And if I'm able to bring more and more and more sessions into the listing at the same like cost per session or at a lower cost per session, then I know I'm winning on the ad side. And if that doesn't convert into profitable sales, that's not on the PPC, that's on the conversion, that's on the listing, main image, price, reviews, title, bullet points, enhanced brand content, questions, videos, all of that stuff that's on the listing. So in terms of PPC, my goal we've established is to bring as many people into the listing. I'm tracking sessions. If I do one campaign and I'm going to do whatever I can, I'll put the keywords in, whatever, big budget, big bids, I'm going to get a certain number of sessions. At some point, it's going to get capped. So how do I get more sessions? And a session, by the way, is a unique Amazon account, a visitor, right? So we're not tracking clicks because Mina can go in there, type in electrolyte powder, click on my ad, electrolyte supplement, click on my ad, unflavored electrolyte powder, click on my ad. Now that's three clicks and it's the same person. So I'm not interested in the same person. I'm interested in more unique people. So I'll launch a new campaign. And when I launch that new campaign, again, with five different keywords, I'll notice that I'm getting more sessions. So as I'm tracking the sessions, the more campaigns that I'm launching with unique keywords, not the same keywords, obviously, then I notice that I'm getting more sessions. And then it's all going to come down to how much am I spending to get those sessions. If the spending is proportionally going up, then maybe I'm overspending and I need to stop and, and you know optimize. And if it's going down, then that's amazing. It could also be that because I'm spending more on ads, my organic rank goes up, my organic rank goes up, you get that free sessions into the listing. Then the strategy becomes, okay, what keywords am I going to target, right? So we talked about launching campaigns, targeting keywords, what keywords am I going to target? Let's say you don't know. I would start off by having your four auto campaigns broken up. So a close match campaign, loose match compliments and substitutes. Close match and substitutes usually perform better. Loose match and compliments, not as much. Have the auto campaign, go and do keyword research to find your main keywords. So the way that I do that, I'm sure you've explained how to do keyword research. The way that I do it is very simple. I go into Amazon, type in the main keyword that I think, find the top 10 competitors using X-Ray, launch them into Cerebro, and then I use a few filters. Like I need like at least eight out of the 10 minimum ranking competitors, which means show me the intersection you know, of keywords between all of those competitors, at least 300 searches a month or more, and no more than position 60, because maybe someone's ranked at position 120 for a keyword, it's not that relevant. And so that will give me a refined list of keywords 
And I'll start with the most relevant high search volume ones. Let's say I'll take five or 10 of those and I'll launch them in their own campaigns. I'll do broad and phrase and exact. Exact and broad and phrase behave completely differently. So even if it's the same keyword electrolyte powder as exact or broad, my broad could perform 10 times better than exact. Why? Because broad is just, it's cycling through different keywords at different times of the day. So it just ha- might have different performance than exact that's targeting one keyword at you know a certain time of the day. From those auto and broad and phrase campaigns, I'm going to go into the search term report and I'm going to find which ones converted profitably, take those out, make sure that I'm not already targeting them, right? Not, not some of the main keywords and then launch them in their own campaigns. And so that is the cycle of launching, discovering keywords, finding which ones work, launching them in their own campaigns. And then the ones that worked, spend more money on them, find new search terms, launch them. The ones that didn't work, lower the bids. And if it's an auto broader phrase, so you know, in the auto campaign, you could have a few keywords that just spent a lot of money, didn't make sales. I would go into the search term report, identify those, extract them and add them as negatives. So we stop spending money on keywords that didn't work. And note and beware, do not pause any keyword or add as a negative if it's like a keyword that worked and you want to, you're like, oh, this generated me good sales. I'm going to put it in its own campaign and I'm going to pause it here or, or turn it off or add it as a negative because you are not guaranteed to be able to replicate performance. So if it works in the broad campaign, it does not mean that it's going to work in an exact. And the last thing you want to do is have something that works, pause it, and then launch it in the exact, and then it doesn't make money. And then you just lost money. Some clarifying questions here. So in your opinion, in your experience, when you say things like when you know a campaign is working, what are your, some of your guidelines or indicators? You're saying this is a good campaign. What are those ratios or percentages we're looking to target? Okay. First of all, understand what your profit margin is. So if I have a $20 product, 50% profit margin. So my sale price is $20. My cost of goods is $5. My Amazon fees is $5. I'm left with $10. So I know that out of those $10, I have like $5 to work with in terms of marketing and then $5 in profit. So that's a 25% total ACOS that I can afford. So if I have a 25% total ACOS, I'm generally going to be okay with up to a 50% on the ads because you're also missing the organic attribution. So that's kind of how I would gauge it. So anything that has a 50% ACOS or less as a campaign or keyword, to me, that's good. Let's keep it running. If it's above 50% ACOS, the higher it is, the more significant I'm going to lower the bid. So if it's 60% ACOS, I might lower by 5 cents. If it's 75, I might lower by 7 cents. If it's 100, I might lower by 15 cents. That's the way I would look at it. That's a good, good indicator there. I know some of us are like, oh, well, is this good or bad? And we don't really know. And there's not really a guideline. You know, you're thinking you're spending so much money, but honestly, it's that cost to acquire those new customers that eventually generate that organic traffic. You want to talk to us too about DSP. What is Amazon DSP? And inform us on this. Yes. So this is something that I want to talk about because I don't think there's enough education about it. There's a lot of misinformation. So People say like DSP, you need $30,000 in ad spend and all of this crazy stuff. I don't know what you've heard about DSP. I'd love to hear from you after I explain it. But basically, Amazon DSP is Amazon's demand side platform. So you have regular Amazon PPC and Amazon PPC is where you are targeting keywords in the search. So people are coming to Amazon, they're searching and then they see ads. It says sponsored. And then, you know, if they click on a listing, they scroll down, it says sponsored products related to this item. There's that. And then there's obviously the other placements like a sponsored video and headline search ad. Now, Amazon DSP is different. It allows you to target Amazon's audiences based on the shopping behavior. So you can target people who visited your listing, people who purchased 
you're listening, people who purchased your competitors' products, people who visited your competitors' products but haven't purchased from them, or people that have shown that they're in the market for your product based on Amazon's data. And so it allows us to leverage Amazon's first-party data and at the same time target on and off of Amazon. So you can target on Amazon dot com with a mobile app, the mobile web, like regular, if you just type in amazon.com on your Safari or Chrome on your phone, or you can target publisher sites and third-party sites. So Amazon has access to a lot of third-party sites. We can leave the third-party and publisher sites on the side. Their conversions are usually not that great. But what you can do is you can literally start targeting people who visited your listing in the last 30 days, but haven't purchased from you or your competitor. People who've purchased from you in the last year, but haven't purchased from you in the last 90 days. People who have visited your competitors' listings, but haven't purchased from you or your competitors in the last 30 days, meaning that they're interested in the product, they just haven't purchased one. And that is very powerful because you can start building this funnel where the bottom is loyalty, bringing back people who've purchased from you in the past, bringing them back, cross-selling your products to each other. Then you can move up, start retargeting. So people who have shown interest in your product haven't purchased to competitor targeting, taking audience from your competitors, complementary product targeting, and you know, and so on. And that will bring new to brand shoppers to your audience. So it's people that might have never purchased from you, you're now expanding. So instead of just trying to capture demand, you're now getting new demand from other people. And that's the power of DSP. You don't need any minimum to start. You can start with $1,000. That's what I did. When my agency got access to our own DSP seat, I started testing on MMA Nutrition, like I always do, with $1,000 and then 2000 and 5000 and started learning some of the best practices, same way I did with PPC. The only thing is you have to run this through an agency. You can't do it yourself, which means some agents are going to be like, okay, you need a $30,000 minimum. We'll charge you 10%, whatever. So it's worth their while. So that's DSP, what it is. Hopefully it's demystified. When should you use DSP? I think if your PPC is working, and you're converting profitably, then you can move on to DSP and start building that funnel, start with loyalty, bring up retargeting, and then you can start doing like competitor and complementary to actually bring new people. But this is what's going to happen. Your ROAS will drop. Your return on your ad spend is going to be worse, but you are going to bring new people into your audience. So that's usually, I think, how it works in terms of marketing. When you are marketing anything and you're kind of like in your little lane, it's very, very cheap for you because you're acquiring customers you know you can acquire. Then as you get broader and broader and broader, it costs you more money, but it's broader. So you're growing and growing and growing. So your return on ad spend is less, but your total revenue will be more. Yeah. And that's so important too, because as our brand grows and changes, and maybe the people on Amazon are already used to seeing it, the DSP can really bring in that outside traffic that Amazon is harnessing their power and their database to be able to redirect customers in ways that like, for example, if you've ever done a Facebook ad or if you've ever done an ad, I mean, I've done that at Mommy Income. Most of our listeners here are just on Amazon. They're e-commerce sellers. They're not really messing with a whole lot of ads out there aside from Amazon. But basically what this helps you guys dig into eventually is reaching the market outside of Amazon with the power of Amazon. So think of ads on Google, ads on other pages that you visit. You know, you see the side ads, you see all kinds of different banner ads. That's basically Amazon helping you target your market. Someone who has been to your listing and then has not bought for whatever reason, you can now retarget them with your Amazon ads with a DPS. So I think it's ground floor. I think it's going to be amazing once they figure it all out. I'm sure that it's got a lot of bugs and things like that. But when you're ready to do that, I will say though that 
because it's robust and because it works really well, it's as a bigger cost in the beginning. You've got to be ready with the inventory. You have to have stuff in yeah. stock. If you're going to be advertising like this, you better have the stock to back it up because it will generate sales for you. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. Someone recently had ran a campaign and then they're like, I ran out of stock. I sold everything out. And I'm like, dial down your campaign a little bit until you have the stock ready. So that's always yeah. an important thing with PPC is that once you launch something, be ready to sell your stuff because it's supposed to work, right? Now, I know this seems a little bit controversial with the technology we have these days and apps and softwares and all this stuff. Why do you still use spreadsheets? That's always something that people ask sometimes. Now, I personally love spreadsheets. They're comfortable and easy for me to kind of understand. But there's definitely that question out there of like, why do you still use spreadsheets? Yeah. So I'm not against uh, software. I am against automation. So there's a few reasons why I use sheets and, and not software. The first thing is because I don't want anyone to get too comfortable with the software, set a rule. And then next thing you know, that rule is running anything with a 55% ACOS, it's going to add it as a negative. And guess what? You find this one keyword that's generating 30% of your sales, but has a 57% ACOS. What are you going to do? Are you going to keep it or kill it? You're obviously going to keep it because it's generating 30% of your sales, but a machine can't think about that. So it's just going to automatically kill it. So that's what I'm against. I'm against the software making so many changes that are really unwarranted. I'm against automation where things are just running. Because if you guys didn't know, we just passed Prime Day. It was October 11th and 12th. And up until seven days before Prime Day, everything is fine. Seven days leading up to Prime Day, your ads will suck. Like something that could be doing a 30% ACOS will do a 70% ACOS. Why? Because people are holding off until Prime Day. And then on Prime Day, things are, are amazing, but you have so many window shoppers coming in. Again, all of your ads could basically blow up if you aren't planning effectively. Very, very high ACOSs. Again, a machine would just cut all of that out. Post Prime Day, there's a lull. And then about five to seven days after Prime Day, we normalize again and we're back to normal. And so how can a computer work around that? But a human can. And so the system that we follow, and honestly, you know, we manage a lot of products. It does not require a machine and all this stuff. We love a tool that can help us do things at scale. So for example, Atomic is one of those, PPC Ninja is one of those. My Real Profit is a great analytics tool. It doesn't allow you to do things, but it allows you to interpret data very quickly. But what you can do is you can set some filters. Show me everything that's X, Y, and Z. Show you, and then you can choose to take actions based on that. And that is what I'm, I support. And so for me, you know, when I'm doing a bulk sheet optimization, literally all I'm doing is downloading the spreadsheet, highlighting everything, sort and filter, looking at one product at a time, sorting through, you know, highest to lowest ACOs, highest spend to lowest spend without any sales, and then highest to lowest impressions. Anything with a very high ACOS, I'm, I'm changing the bids. And it's not that hard. It takes me maybe 15 or 20 minutes to do a full bulk sheet optimization. I can do it for five products in about 30 minutes. So it's nothing crazy. When I'm trying to launch you know, search terms, I'm going to the search term report, sort and filter, show me everything with a zero to 25% ACOS, taking those keywords, extracting them, you know, deduplicating them, making sure that I'm not already targeting them in my main campaigns. And then, you know, I have another sheet that has a simple macro where I put the keywords, put the conditions, and it creates the campaigns for me that I can just upload to Amazon. So it's not that hard. A lot of software companies with PPC software like to make it sound like they have AI and they're going to do all this crazy stuff and, you know, that you're going to die without software. You're not because it's a very simple system. You should have really good analytics. Look at the analytics, interpret it, understand what you need to do, go in, 
take the actions based on the bulk sheets and all this stuff. And the tool should help you take the actions quickly. The tool should never think for you or take the actions for you because how can you trust the tool? The people who are claiming that they program this PPC tool to have AI and have this amazing algorithm, have you checked their logic? No, you haven't. Because if you ever ask them, show me your logic, and number one, they're either going to say no or it's a proprietary or whatever. So you're never going to be able to check their logic. So how can you make sure that it's, it's valid? Because there's no way to make sure. I mean, if I create a PPC software or anything, the number one thing is, here's what, what it's going to do. If you don't like it, change it. Because I can't just be like, hey, I'm going to do some sort of secret thing that is secret AI, and then you're going to make uh, 10 times more money. I don't think it's authentic. I love how you're saying that. And that's why I brought that up because I too, like I just actually had this question asked to me the other day and someone was asking, well, what system or software or tool or program do you use to do your bookkeeping or do your, well, it's actually bundle management inventory because we talked about bundles earlier, you know, that like uh, we have, say one of my bundles has five products from five different vendors. I'm one of the private label owners of one of the things and the other four products come from different vendors. And he was asking, one of my clients was asking, well, how do you manage the inventory and this, all that? And I said, spreadsheets. He's like, really? That seems so antiquated. And I said, actually, it's the best form because like you said, we're keeping our finger on the pulse of our own business. I'm not automating something and then finding a boatload of problems later. We're in there in the system. We can see exactly how we're ordering, where we're ordering. And there isn't a software, like you said, that can actually think. You can't program it to think like we would think as buyers, making rules that are so black and white. Sometimes it's not black and white. Like you said, sometimes you have a 60% cost here, but it's the best performing keyword. So how do you balance that out? So I love the fact that you still use that and you're, you're understanding and most people are thinking that way. Tools are simply tools. A hammer does not work without your cooperation. It doesn't hammer nails for you on your behalf. You actually have to pick it up and hammer nails in. Same thing with our software. So that's why I love what you guys do, because I know that you have personally spent your time and energy and expertise figuring this stuff out for us and on our behalf. And you're constantly testing these things to see what works and what doesn't work. And being flexible with your PPC campaigns are really important. What works today isn't necessarily going to work 30 days from now. So we have to pay attention to our own PPC, our campaigns, because they will drain your account faster than anything else if you've got the wrong filters, the wrong rules, the wrong things set up. I can tell you this across all of the brands that we manage, every single one of them has been different. So if I can't even apply one rule to 70 something brands, how can a software apply the same rules to all the brands, right? Even if they have this machine learning thing, it's just every single product we've encountered behaves a little bit differently. And so I took a different route, which is empowering my team to be as smart as me, to understand Amazon as a whole, to understand listings and and notice, oh, well, these keywords were doing well last week. And now you had a review that was a one-star review that moved up a position and things are like a little bit different. Now they're detecting these things and they understand it like, okay, maybe we'll tone things back down until we get more five-star reviews and then we bring things back up. And all of that is just that you can't have a machine do. If, if you could, then I would say, go put that machine to work in the stock market because you will make way more money than selling it to Amazon sellers, right? For sure. I mean, honest to goodness, I know that this this seems so complicated and so robust, but we have to be able to do these things on our own. We cannot outsource and automate absolutely everything. We have to be able to pay attention to our campaigns, to our own 
products. Even if you're working with an agency, working with an agency, they need to understand you, your business, your business goals, your product goals, your customer avatar, who you're targeting, all of these things. It's not just an algorithm. It's not just an ad spend. It's not just a picking a campaign. It's an overall business strategy to increase your revenue, increase visibility for your brand. It's not just a pay-per-click ad campaign. It's so much more for your business. Now, could you give us a little insight of what it's like to work with an agency? What are some qualifications? What are some minimum requirements to work? Because I know a lot of our students are going to want to work with you and your team once they hear this podcast. So what's it like to work with a PPC agency? I think the qualifications, right? You have to understand that a PPC agency is not going to fix your problems. They are only going to enhance what you have. So if you have a good product and you know, you're getting some traffic and it's converting, then when you put it in the right hands of someone who who can run ads and bring traffic to it, then you're going to get a lot more traffic and whatever is happening right now will be amplified. So if right now you're making $5,000 in profit a month, then you can make 10 and 15. But if you're losing money or if you're not even able to break even, don't think that a PPC agency is going to come in there and then start making you profitable because I know everyone has that silver bullet dream, right? Where they're going to hire a PPC agency who are experts. And next thing you know, their business is going to explode. It's not. This is one tiny piece of the puzzle where we are bringing more people to come and check out your product. So let's say there's a hundred people coming and looking at your product every day. We can make that 300, 400, 500 and spend the least amount of money doing that. That's all we can do. The rest is going to be on the listing to convert. You have to still manage your inventory. You have to manage your cash flow problems which are going to happen as you scale. So it's just the first thing to keep in mind. I would say in terms of qualifications, on average, you know, you're going to pay us around $2,400, $2,500 a month. You're going to pay some agency in the $2,000 range. So I would say at least have $5,000, $6,000 a month in profit per month before investing that money into an agency. Because yes, the agency can help you scale over time. You're going to make more money, but you don't want to be dipping in that much into your profits because then you can't really afford the agency. You're losing money there. You need to pay for more inventory because if I take you from selling a thousand units a month to 1500 a month, you're going to need to front that additional 500 units. So that could be whatever, two or 3000 more dollars that you're not going to get back until you sell everything. And then it comes back like two, three weeks later. So those are kind of the qualifications. I would work with someone that can answer all of your questions and then can teach you at the same time. So ask them, what are you doing? What's the strategy? Can you show me how you do this? Can you show me how to do that? Can you explain this? Can you explain that? Because you don't want to be, you come into an agency, they do some crazy things in the back. And then next thing you know, you're like, okay, what are you guys doing? Well, this is, you know, we're just doing our little proprietary thing. So you want to stay away from that. You want to favor transparency and people that say, this is exactly what we're doing. This is how you can do it. And then the only thing that they're selling is the execution, not the actual know-how. Those are kind of the things that I would look for before working for an agency. A couple of things you can do very, very quickly right now. If you want to see like, is your product going to work or not? Go look at how much you've spent on ads in the last 30 days. Let's say it's a thousand dollars. Go look at your sessions in the last 30 days. Let's say it's a thousand sessions. So that's $1 per session. So your PPC spend divided by your sessions is your cost per session. So let's say that's $1 per session. Go look at your unit session percentage in the last 30 days. Let's say that's 10%. That means you need 10 sessions to make one sale. So that's a you know, 10% conversion rate is 10 sessions to make one sale. 10 sessions times $1 per session, that's $10 to make one sale. It's costing you right now $10 to make one sale and your profit per unit is $11. You're in a bad situation. And 
the PPC agency can drop that cost per session down by, let's say, 25, 30%, but it's not going to drop it down by 50 to 100%. So you could be having a conversion problem. So make sure that you understand your numbers. You have enough profit margin. Your conversion rate is decent, which again, you can test your price, your reviews, main image, the rest of the images, add videos to your listing, enhance brand content, all of that. And then what's left is, can we cut down our cost per session a little bit and bring more people to the listing? That's where a PPC agency comes in. Yeah, that's really interesting. Now, one last question for those that maybe aren't ready for an agency just yet. What is one thing that they can do right now to set up a a campaign that would really help boost their sales even just right now? Whether, Whether it's one campaign or multiple, what is your number one strategy for even setting up your first campaign? Okay. There's no one thing that is going to help that much, right? The easiest thing is go to Helium 10, sign up for whatever the cheapest program is. And I have a full course there. So it's 35 videos of exactly how to do PPC. So you can learn how to do it yourself. But if you want something simple, go into your search term report. So go to campaign manager, measurement and reporting, get a report, search terms, last 30 days, download it, and then sort by sales from highest to lowest and find a keyword or the five top five keywords that are generating the most amount of sales. Make sure that you're not already targeting them. And then you can launch those in their own campaigns as broad phrase and exact. That should hypothetically help enhance what's already working. So you have a full training on Helium 10 in their portal. You guys, mommyincome.com forward slash Helium 10. Sign up for Helium 10 and then go watch the training. You know why? Because We, people like Mina and I, spend lots and lots of time and energy creating training for you guys because we want to be able to help you succeed on Amazon. The training is there. Make sure you go and look at that. And if you want more from the team, you want to talk with Mina and his team, please reach out. What is the best way people can reach out and speak to you directly about the services you provide? So if you go to triviumco.com, T-R-I-V-I-U-M-C-O.com, you can get a free audit. So someone from the team can take a look at all of your campaigns. And then instead of just like giving you some brief advice, we'll give you exactly what to do on how to fix everything in your campaigns all. And then you can do it yourself. Or you can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. My Instagram is at the Mina Elias. LinkedIn is Mina space Elias. Find me, ask me questions. Don't send me a wall of text. Just one question at a time. And I promise I'll answer you. But when I get this like, you know, like questions, I'm like, damn, I, I can't even, this is too much for me. I'm too busy. I feel you. I know. I know the DMs fill yeah. up really fast, right? With like paragraphs and stories. No, honestly, we appreciate that. He said, send a question, but send a question. So if you have a bunch of questions and you're not sure, write it all down yourself. And then be like, what's the one question I would love yeah, to have what- answered here? One at a time, like give me like little bits and pieces. Like, hey, what about this? Okay, answer. What about this? Answer. But if Because like when you do that, it's easy. It just takes me like two seconds to answer a question. If it takes me like 15 minutes to answer a question, I'm just going to be like, all right, I have too many things on my plate. I love how transparent you are. You're my kind of people. I know it's like, we don't, we want to answer you. We want to help you. But if you send me two paragraphs, I'm not reading it. I'm just deleting it. I don't have time for that. But a one quick question. Those are my favorites is like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? I'm like, oh no, be asked directly. So I appreciate your time, your energy. This is so informative to help people understand what they need when it comes to PPC, why they need it, why they need to keep their finger on the pulse and not just let an agency take over and the best you can do. You guys, 
You are the CEO of your business. You are the driver of your business and what you want has to align with the people you work with. And if you want to have better PPC campaigns, you need to be part of the process. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you need to be part of the process so you understand the who, what, when, where, why of PPC and why it can help you and what the purpose is. So thank you so much for your expertise and your time. You guys, all the links will be below this video, will be in the show notes. So if you wanna reach out, you are able to reach out. All the links are there. And don't forget your free analysis. So get your free analysis, reach out to the team there, and they will help you because these are the things that are most important. If they're going to give you an analysis of what's going on, and of course, all the steps that they can do to help you with your PPC campaigns, we appreciate your time and energy. Thank you so much for coming. Y'all, I know you could be anywhere else doing any other thing, listening to any other show. I don't take that for granted. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. And we'll see you same time, same place next week on the Amazon Files. Thank you for being a loyal listener. If you are ready to take your business to a whole new level, I'm ready to work with you. Visit mommyincome.com coach to schedule your one-on-one call today. I'll be back next week with more strategies to help you succeed. Until then, step small and dream big. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Amazon Files podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes by heading over to mommyincome.com forward slash review. The Amazon Files will be back again next week. Thanks again for listening.